Hello and welcome to Off the Grids. My name is Whitney Sadler and I'll be your host. This is a podcast dedicated to educating listeners on the global emergence of dangerous substances of abuse and what can be done about it with experts from all across the world. In today's episode, we will have two guests with us who will be sharing insights from their recent expert group meeting, which focused on the trafficking of dangerous substances through freight forwarders. Please welcome Fumio Ito and Ahmed el Fumio has almost 20 years of experience specializing in drug control and justice reform, working around the world from Afghanistan to Thailand. He currently manages the International Narcotics Control Board's Project ION, which is an operational initiative supporting national authorities' efforts and preventing non-scheduled new psychoactive substances of abuse from reaching consumer markets. Ahmed is currently a project associate for the INCB GRIDS program. Ahmed specializes in enhancing and establishing relationships with focal points and private sector counterparts from Arabic-speaking countries. Hi, Fumio and Ahmed. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Whitney. Thank you very much for being here. My name is Fumio Ito. I am CB's NPS Project Manager. I'm with Mr. Ahmed and Dave. Hi, Whitney. So you recently had an expert group meeting on the trafficking of dangerous substances through freight forwarders, which seemed to have a great turnout. And I would love to ask you both a few questions regarding the success of this meeting, going more into why did you decide to focus on freight forwarders specifically? Through the cooperation with Coastal and Courier Services plus governments, we came to think we also needed to work with freight forwarders as a next private sector partners. They provide a lot of uh, various types of services. Almost every single type of uh, related services related to logistic industries that freight forwarders are providing. It covers a broad scope of uh, services, and uh, in some senses, they are also considered as a niche type of uh, service providers. But uh, because of their flexibility, and then broader scope of services they are covering. It is rather hard to monitor their overall their activities and regulate them. In a sense, so about that this freight forwarders diversity poses challenges, especially to the government who wish to prevent the trafficking of drugs and other dangerous substances. It's clear that freight forwarders have and play a very specific role in the transportation um, of dangerous substances. So it definitely makes a lot of sense why you would have made a meeting specifically to address this niche area of transportation. So to go on to my next question, as we all know, and I think can easily agree that setting up a meeting composed of experts from national governments, international organizations, industry partners, and so forth can be quite the challenge. Could you tell us about how you were able to get so many experts on board to share their insight and experience? And furthermore, did you face any challenges? Sure. Well, very short. Uh, We do not have any sort of a kind of a magic. In order to identify real experts and uh, get them on board certain activity, you need to establish trust and a good relation with them. Definitely so that mainly sort of communication, starting with the email and sometimes sort of a call online or a telephone. And I would like to highlight sort of the, in preparing this meeting, Ahmed sort of led the communication with those nominated experts. And I would say that the key to success, our success was the personal charm of Ahmed, interact with the people. Do you agree, Ahmed? 
Thank you very much for your words, your kind words. I think, yeah, we had 17 government attending uh, this expert group meeting and six international organizations, three global international freight forwarders associations attending this meeting and several private sector uh, companies. We had to arrange meetings, as Mr. Ito just mentioned, in the beginning prior to the expert group meeting to, to build trust and with all the nominated participants and explain, of course, what uh, the meeting is about. And we, we were lucky we had all the experts who have uh, knowledge in this specific topic. We had excellent uh, outcome from this meeting. When it comes to if we faced any challenges, tell you like, first of all, due to the current situation with COVID-19, normally we have these meetings in person, which makes it easier to interact with all the nominated representatives and experts. But overall, the meeting uh, was successful and uh, we managed to have all the experts that were nominated to attend all sessions. We had over uh, 70 participants attending this expert group meeting. Sounds like quite the extensive process to get all of that set up. And I really appreciate your practical tips and emphasizing the importance of building relationships um, and trust as well. I think it's really vital. And and to go back to your COVID-19 point, I mean, I think we can all appreciate that how with current times, with this current pandemic, how difficult it is for everyday life as well as in the work world, where, of course, it would have been much nicer to be in person and have this meeting and have that discussion and dialogue face to face. But it's amazing how much we've all been able to adapt and still move forward. And I think still have a very successful meeting, um, such as in this case. And I would like to move on um, to some more in-depth questions. Could you highlight some of the differences or the intricacies of freight forwarders that were discussed during the meeting and how these logistic providers can be abused for illicit purposes? Thank you, Whitney. There are many patterns of freight forwarders abuse. Some of the cases, the freight forwarders intentionally get involved in such kind of illicit activities. Like, I would sort of highlight the offshore freight forward. The company or individual located in country A establish paper freight forwarding companies in country B. Then he or she receives the shipment containing dangerous substance from somewhere else to country B and let his or her paper company to deal with this shipment to forward to another place. And in many cases, this country B is a low-risk country. So nothing like, so for example, some country in Southeast Asia or West Asia where everybody knows that in order to evade such kind of a high-risk countries, they once ship the container or whatever to the country, the low-risk country. For example, so the, my home country, Japan, it's considered the low-risk country. But forward the shipment to another place. By doing that, the destination customs, well, okay, it's coming from Japan. Well, you don't, we don't need to worry about the potent possibility of the drugs being contained or concealed. Then, in a sense, that is, if low-risk countries, so the border, of course, the speed is a key, so the nobody wish to stop the every single shipment to check one by one. So in this way, diverting through low-risk country is a typical way of evade border control. Typically, the paper offshore freight forwarders or other ways that traffickers frequently use low-risk jurisdiction to divert the drug trafficking routine. 
So it's a typical example. In this way, freight forwarders are being abused. Great. Thank you, Fumio. It definitely seems the traffickers have almost kind of outsmarted the system. They've identified these low-risk countries that they can exploit and they can ship these drugs and most likely it won't go through any sort of checking process, which I think is very, very interesting. Yeah, exactly. So the, this is a general observation, but the, in the course of a EGM expert group meeting, several experts from different countries shared their experiences dealing with this type of a divergent maneuver or attempts. And then we have heard three different countries were considered low-risk countries. Then the, obviously the, those countries were exploited as transit venue because of their low risk. So on that note, I have a question for you. What can be done to reduce the exploitation of these low-risk countries? Sure. The first of all, if you were from a low-risk country, you need to be vigilant and understand your vulnerability because of your country's low-risk profile. And at the same time, so you cannot always keep yourself at the highest alert about everything. In this sense, sort of about in order to make your efforts more efficient and effective, also the activate your open your communication channel to peer government, private sector partners in this way, so internationally and also across the discipline, so the between governments and the private sector. Yes, definitely. And I think those are two great takeaways. But really, even if you are a low risk country, that you still should be very aware and vigilant, as Fumio said, and that it's, of course, essential to keep communication between the countries and the governments. So if you do come across um, in a transit country, a suspicious shipment, you can then communicate to the destination country as well. So then I have one final question for both of you, if you don't mind. At the conclusion of the expert group meeting, there was a list of recommendations that were established by all participating members. Could you please share with us some significant recommendations um, and how that will impact future cooperation and collaboration with the partners? In the beginning, recommendations are uh, non-binding and are agreed on with all the experts that have attended uh, this expert group meeting. Uh, we want to have concrete plans of what is possible to try to utilize the brain power of experts that have attended this meeting. One of the recommendations was um, that the participating experts, they, they agreed that uh, INCB through governments and their industry partners should continue to facilitate the sharing of standards or best practices. What this means is uh, cases are uh, common in some regions more than others, but we have seen shifts in drug markets, so therefore it's important to facilitate knowledge exchange and best practices between stakeholders. Uh, I would go back to Mr. Ito to, to add more uh, comments. Thank you, Ahmed. In the recommendation, governments were encouraged to work in partnership with logistic industries specifically at the national and the regional level to establish and enhance the security standards and the processes related to international shipment. But the governments are also encouraged to institutionalize this type of public-private partnership. While they were also encouraged to establish the uh, standards or process to be shared throughout the country or region if possible. In this way, the overall recommendation facilitated or encouraged the sharing knowledge, information, experiences, 
also the active cooperation at the uh, operational level between governments and between governments and uh, industries, plus further institutionalize those daily level cooperation into uh, some kind of a common format. Those are the key points. Thank you. Great. And I, I really think that at the end of any meeting, compiling a list of voluntary non-binding recommendations as like a point of future action is a great tool. Furthermore, it, it seems like this meeting was clearly very informative, and I think it will hopefully lead to further cooperation and collaboration with all stakeholders involved. So I would like to once again thank both of you, Fumio and Ahmed, for joining me today um, and sharing your knowledge and your insight from this meeting. So thanks again. Again. Thank you, uh, Whitney, for having us, and it was a great pleasure to speak about our experiences. Thank you. Thank you very much, Whitney, for having us. Um, and uh, we would like also to thank our donors for the GRITS program, uh, Japan, Australia, Canada, and the U.S., uh, for their support to our project. And uh, we'd like to wish everyone uh, to stay safe and uh, healthy. Thank you very much again, Whitney. For more information on this topic, please check out Project ION on Twitter. Off the Grids is brought to you by the Global Rapid Interdiction of Dangerous Substances, aka the Grids program. For more information on what our program does, please find us at www.incb.org under Global Programs, and follow us on social media for releases of our next episode.